0: You are risen from the dead and you are Lord over every circumstance in our life. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for everything that you prepared for us in this day. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for our healing. Thank you for our deliverance opening eyes of our understanding. God, we thank you for the ability to lift our voices and give you praise this morning. God, we ask that you look upon those souls that were affected throughout the Midwest, God. We know that you are Lord of the storms too. So God, add a blessing to their lives. Bring peace and comfort to those who are suffering. And God, we thank you for that. We ask now that you come into our midst and be Lord of everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God, glory. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to, Talk to you on something, hopefully, that we'll find very lighthearted today. You look like you need a break. (laughs) Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says this in verse 1, the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to him saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, why do you transgress, why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, And he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Let me read that one more time. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me and in vain they worship me teaching as doctrines. The commandments of men now I just want to read a couple more verses from the book of mark if you don't mind same story mark chapter 7 let's begin at verse 9 he says this he said to them all too well you reject the commandments of God that you may keep your tradition for Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he will curse his father and mother. Let, it, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you may have received from me is Corbin. That is a gift to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother. Making the word of God of no effect, Through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. I want to talk to you on this thought this morning. The truth about traditions. The truth about traditions. Amen? Amen. One more time. The truth about traditions. You may be seated. You know, The question is often asked, what, why do we do what we do, especially in church? Amen. And the question could also be asked the same thing in, in families. Why do we do this? Amen. Why is this a tradition? Is this something uh, that we have to do? There's an old story, some of you may remember, you've been around a while. Uh, the mother was getting ready to cook a, a ham and she got the saw out and Cutting the end of the bone off and the daughter asked, why are you cutting the end of the ham? And she said, I don't know, my mom always cut it off. So she said, well, uh, maybe you could try to find out why she cut it off. When she got a hold of the grandmother, my grandmother said, well, I cut it off because we didn't have a pot big enough put the ham in without cutting the bone up. so some traditions are born out of necessity and it does not make it it does not make it a valid a valid Christian or family uh, ritual we don't do it because it's 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 something that's truth it is more something that we're comfortable with so a lot of times what we do is out of necessity Or out of convenience now uh, God said this in uh, in Luke chapter 4 and he also said it in Matthew 4 and 4 he said uh, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God Now, that was originally stated in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. But why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because it says every word that precedes The word of God is constantly proceeding. We have stopped at some point with what we believe. And because we believe it, that's all there is. But now, as people of God, the Bible is very uh, clear about the truth. In John chapter 8, he says that uh, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free, which means that if you are, listen now, if you are born again and you are led by the spirit of God, then truth is ever increasing. What was true 10 years ago may not necessarily be true today. I don't (laughs) because I I have this thought in my head, but I shouldn't talk about it because it's politically incorrect. Uh, Let me just say this is what the controversy is about vaccines today. And you have to figure it. <laughs> now, when it comes to the church, we have more traditions than any other people. We believe that if we take one step. Why do we believe that? I have no earthly idea. Why do we have church at 11 o'clock? Because. That was the time period between the morning chores and the afternoon chores. So they took a break to worship God. Nothing magical. But we're no longer in an agrarian society. So therefore, we can have church whenever. But the Bible says that we are to seek him. So how did the tradition then trump? No. <laughs> supersede (laughs) the actual word of God because we believe tradition when it suits our purpose and we don't investigate what the word of God says. Now Jesus was dealing with his disciples who were very legalistic people. Now religious people are often disturbed uh, when tradition or rituals or their ceremonies or any rules or schedules and habits are broken. You try to get through that door when it's not the height of worship and see if the rules don't kick in. But I never saw anywhere in Scripture that Jesus said, don't let them in. Okay. All right. I said, it's gonna be light, so now y'all don't have to be light. (laughs) Uh, And and people get disturbed if you, now if you wanna see people get mad with one another, it's because somebody has broken a rule. You can't do that, you can't sit there, you can't say that, you can't go there. Uh, And when this happens, we will fight to defend the tradition, even if it's not scripturally based. Most people never really embrace salvation because too many rules have restricted them from becoming free. Amen. If you go on uh, the the internet, you'll find that there are uh, all kinds of questions being asked about, is it right to do this? Can I do that? Uh, the most famous question you'll find on the Internet from Christians is, can I drink? I don't know. You got a mouth? <laughs> I mean, why would you ask that question? Because you are saint of God, you have a choice as to what you do. You make the right choice, whatever that is for you. But you want to validate your choice. Okay. Let me get back to what I'm supposed to be talking about. I'm minding folk business. The Pharisees and the false teachers were guilty of the sin of legalism. Uh, We told you last week that sin, uh, we use the term adika for sin it's called wrongdoing or injustice and it stems from a lack of love. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 says this, exhort one another while it's called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will cause your love to grow cold. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12 said that because of lawlessness, anomie, that's the other word for sin we gave you last week, that people's love would grow cold. Now, cold love is something that the church is very acquainted with. What is he talking about? Well, how many people have said this? No, you didn't, but some other people said this I love you, but I don't like you. Hmm? I love you with the love of the Lord, but I can't stand you. Is that humanly possible? No. 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 Now <laughs> you can say, I don't like your behavior, but I love you. I don't like your sin, but I love you. But I love you with the love of the Lord, but I don't like you. Where do we learn that? Mm. I was waiting for somebody to say, "Got it from you, Pastor." I got it from you. <laughs> that's what people. That, that's what people use. <laughs> no, you ain't get it from me. No, I don't even use the term "like" because "like" is not in my Bible. Okay. It may be in yours, but it's not mine. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, Bible says in verses 21 through 23, it says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So if I have the Holy Spirit or I have Christ in me, then I will love Christ and Christ will love me and the Holy Spirit and Christ in me will manifest themselves to me. Amen. And, and then in verse 23, the Bible says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Amen. So the Bible is very clear. If we love God, if we love God, we will love. Because God is We got that, right? So the Bible says we obey not grudgingly doing what we hate, but by doing what our love for Christ compels us to do. Willing obedience leads us into an intimate relationship with Christ. Righteousness without relationship is religious ritual. And that, my friend, is legalism and it is sinful. That is the essence of cold love. We loved you from a distance, even when we are near you. You ever had a conversation with somebody when it's one word answers? Married people have had these conversations. You may not have had them if you're single. I don't know but I suspect you probably (laughs) had. Is everything all right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, why are you acting like that? Don't know. (laughs) Is there anything I can do? No. And, see, and all the women say, mm-hmm, because the brothers know that means that's a trip to the florist or the jewelry store. We don't know what we did, but we were good at it. I got some stories, but I sure can't tell them. Uh, <laughs> So in Matthew chapter 15, let's get back to the lesson now. Y'all. Jesus identified the Pharisees with the, the hypocrites in Isaiah 29, 13, which is what he quoted. And he said this, he said that uh, Isaiah himself had contrasted a false religion uh, with, uh, uh, the, excuse me, a false religion of the lips with the true religion of the, uh, of the heart. What we say versus what we believe is the difference in everything that we do. And the tendency is, is, is to do something because it appears righteous or it appears good. Let me ask this question. Maybe I can put it in perspective. Is it ever right to be harsh with someone? Let me answer it for you, yes. Don't y'all look at me. (laughs) It is not what you say. Listen to me. It is the motivation behind what you're saying. If you want a person to change certain behavior immediately. You have to be firm. They may not like what you say to them, but it may save their lives. Can I tell you something? Every Sunday morning when I'm on my way to church, I'm looking at people in traffic, right? It is such a joy to see families in cars, with little girls with their head braided, and little boys with their little town on their way to church, because I'm going on my way to church. You think about the number of people that never took their children to church and did not set that tradition Of going to church going to church is not a tradition you can learn at 18 yeah see if you try to make an 18 year old go to church now you got to take your gun out (laughs) (laughs) now this is the difference that when that 18 year old was two years old you could have used a little ruler Now you got to pull out a gun and better shoot quick because he might jump on you. (laughs) That's a joke. That's that's. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying. So so he says this, he says that uh, in Second Timothy, chapter three and verse five. This is what it says. It says, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such persons turn away. Now, some people are so legalistic that uh, when they start to talk, you want to leave. You have to be careful uh, because we have this church vernacular. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. How you doing? Uh, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're talking to someone who doesn't understand it, it's scary. Because you know what they say, oh, there's one of them. I don't know who them are, but I know that's one of them. Hmm? I remember this man was was witnessing to me, (laughs) which I don't mind. And he said, do you know the Lord is your Savior? I said, mm-hmm. He said, did you really have a born-again experience? I said, yeah, I did. He said, don't I know you? Because He said, don't I know you? I said, you might. I don't know. And he said, you that past ain't you? I say, yeah, he said, well, I still need to ask the question. (laughs) And I appreciate his tenacity because all pastors may not have had. Now, somebody say, well, pastor, once people tell you, uh, that they're saved, should you leave them alone? And the question is, it depends. Sometimes you know they're not saved, and they just tell you yeah, so you'll get out their face. Hmm? We got a cigarette in one hand and a beer in the other. He said, yeah, I'm saved. You might want to do a little more inquiry. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Let me do it. Let me, do, I, I told you you going to be light today. <laughs> if a person drinks, are they saved? Okay. Can they be saved and drink? I'm not advocating drinking. I'm just saying that some people just got saved and they haven't gotten rid of all their bad habits. Now, if we you know, five years down the road, (laughs) you might want to check. It might not have took. It might not have took. The word tradition, come on, let me go. (laughs) The word tradition uh, uh, has occupied a place both in the Jewish and the Christian church. Now, (laughs) this is a quote. Man is always found mending the work of his maker. And so he has been led to put his finishing touch (laughs) even to divine revelation." I don't care what the word of God says. There's always somebody that knows more than what it says. Hmm. Here a few years ago, something was going around in this area. I don't know about the rest of the country, but people were saying, well, you're not really saved if you're not baptized in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus. Well, who is the son? There were articles in the paper that were half page. Y'all, y'all seen it? Right? If you haven't seen them, you just don't take the paper. But, <laughs> but they were, people were questioning folk. Could you really be saved? If you were not baptized. And the problem is, is that's adding to the scripture. Yes, and when you start to add to it, then now your tradition has trumped the truth. God, <laughs> it's, it's all right to say that, right? It's not, it's not political to say that. And the problem is, is that we have these rules. Well, first of all, uh, baptism doesn't have anything to do with water to begin with. And it certainly doesn't have anything to do with who you're baptized into because if you are baptized into Christ, the rest doesn't matter. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that yes. The Trinity' last I checked was one. Amen. Amen. So why would you question the person's salvation? All the things that we need to do in witnessing, why are we questioning somebody's salvation? But again, tradition says we need to make sure that people are properly converted. So man adds his touch to God's revelation. Now, the Bible calls this supplementary information paradosis. It means to deliver or to transmit from one hand to another. It, in the Latin, the term is Tridot, and it means to uh, hand down especially to one another. Uh, Among the traditions is also, among traditions, one of the things that's uh, uh, handed down is called the oral law. Now, keep in mind, I want you to keep in mind, that the Pentateuch, the five original books of the Bible, were written by Moses, with direct revelation from God. So when you read Genesis, you know it came from God's mouth, Moses' ear. What about them other books? They came later. In the meanwhile, there was oral tradition. So you had to extract from those five books everything that you knew about the word of God. And if you try to extract from just the four Gospels everything that you know about God. You're going to be in a mess. Amen. Amen. What about this? Uh, Mark 11. You say to that mountain. Why are you talking to mountains? It is strictly for illustrative purposes. It's not to be taken literal. But how many people do we have in church who are literal? So now we're talking about mountain moving, huh? How about this 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 song uh, coming up on the rough side? I used to not like that song. I I, I used to not used to used to not. But I have a new appreciation for it. Because instead of looking at it literally coming up the rough side of the mountain, it talks about a person's experience in life. huh? And especially the last part, you know, I might get to that last mountain. There might not be any more mountains to climb. Isn't that what it says? But when we start to take things literally. So now we got the preacher got against it, right? We don't be coming up no rough side of the mountain. Yeah, I've been around some of y'all. Y'all been on on that rough side a long, long, long time. (laughs) You still climbing the Great Smokies when now they got a highway through it. (laughs) So I'm just saying. You know I'm right. (laughs) So so then Moses then passed down the law, but he also gave revelation to the elders so that they could pass it on to others. Now, how many know when you pass on something to somebody to pass on to somebody else? It don't always get passed down to... So now in church, we've got all these things that, that we have as rules or laws that don't work for us anymore. We now believe that if we're not having some excitement in church, then church has not been effective. I didn't feel anything. I, 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 when I go to church, I expect the preacher to be exciting, and I expect the message to be exciting. I want it to move me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to say. I, I've been black in America for 76 years. Every day is exciting. I don't know. I got the police, the bosses, I got got the thug, I got all the people that add excitement to my life. (laughs) And that's all I'm gonna say about that. Tradition is something external, while God's truth is internal. It's a heart issue, okay, it's a heart issue. People obey tradition to please men and gain status. Huh? Look at Galatians. It says, and I advance, uh, Galatians 1.14, I advance in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers." The more you make a thing uh, difficult, the more you look better when you're trying to present it. See, if I if if I wanted to be deep, then I would try to explain electricity to you. But I could just say turn the light on. And what would be the result? Exactly the same. But we obey the word of God, uh, obey the word to please God. Tradition deals with ritual while God's truth deals with reality. Ritual versus reality. Let me go back to one of the things that we're comfortable with. That is that door doing praise and worship. Ritual versus reality. Reality is that if you open this door in the height of worship, light comes in. That distracts some people. OK, so if anything distracts from worship, it becomes a problem. So we say don't open the doors in the height of worship. Suppose this is your first time in church. And you're excited about being in church. You push your way through the folks in the lobby so you can get in because you want to be in. Is that wrong? No. No. So holding people is ritual. Mm-hmm. Reality is, if they want to come in. Amen. Well, we just made church history right there. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now, don't none of y'all defect. I ain't, I ain't coming back no more because he wouldn't let me open the door. Tradition <laughs> y'all stop. Tradition brings empty words to the lips, uh, to the lips, but truth penetrates the heart and changes the life. So we want words that are going to be life changing, not words that are going to just make folk feel good. Tradition robs a person of the power of the word of God. This is what Jesus said when he said you have made the word of God of no effect by your tradition. Amen. And, you know, as well as I do, a lot of churches have what we call man made traditions. One of the biggest controversies we have in church today is the man made tradition of what you wear. Hmm? I want you to wear whatever will not get you arrested. Beyond that, I don't have any rules. Amen. Now, I dress a certain way because that's who I am. Amen. Amen. I'm trying not to, but it's hard. Amen. I, I, I like putting on a suit and tie. Amen. And, I, I, and, and, and I apologize, you know, if, if that is a problem for you. I just like that. Amen. See, when I was raised, we dressed for everything. Hmm? We used to dress for dinner. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah so silly. <laughs> no, I know a lot of dinner tables that you don't just show up any old kind of way. Okay? All right. <laughs> Man made teachings are often considered as authoritative uh, uh, as the Word of God. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, One of the examples, uh, no, I can't use that. Let me move on. (laughs) Uh, The word doctrine means this. It is a requirement of religion. It is things to be believed and practiced in religion. That's what a doctrine is. It says, but they were not only destroying the character, but they were also destroying the influence and the authority of the word. Now, when you start to to say you are defending the word by arguing the the word, then you have made the word null and void. Because the word is not something you can debate. And I hear people, Christians all the time, debating. Was Paul married? Was he sick? And what does that got to do with me going to heaven? Well, I heard that one time he had a wife, but she must have died. (laughs) I never met the man. (laughs) Am I right? Oh, y'all, come on now, look look at y'all. You all had the debate. And who cares? Amen. There's only one book in the Bible. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's only one book in the Bible that was contemporaneously written and received the book of Revelation. That's it. Everything else was written later. You don't have to write that down because that ain't a, that's not a trivia. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use this on somebody. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, man. I'm running out of time. I got to. Ho- mm, 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 mm. That's what happens when you keep it light, in it? You get off track, don't you? All right. Uh, Let's see. In Mark 7, we read that to you. Here's what the Bible says. It says that there's a sequence that, that takes place when when uh, you, you start to deal with tradition. It says that uh, 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 the first thing we see is that in verse uh, Mark 7, in verse 7, that we lay aside God's word. Then verse 8 says we reject the word. You all see this? Then the Bible says that in verse uh, 9, we rob God, uh, excuse me, yeah, rob God's word of its power. Amen? Amen. Verse, I said 9, verse 13. He rob, that's when he says he makes the word of none effect. Amen. So we take the word, this is, this is a progression. We take the word, we reject it. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, we lay aside the word, we reject it. And then we rob it of its power. That's pretty much how Jesus taught when he said, OK, you guys wash your hands, but your inside is messy. Huh? You, 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 you tell me about traditions, but then uh, and that, this is where I wanted to get to. And I don't know if I got time to teach it. Yeah, I do. Four minutes. I can do this in four minutes. He used the term Corbin. Now, what Corbin says, this this is an Old Testament concept. It says that if you want to avoid taking care of your parents, some people in here might want to hear some of this. If you want to, to avoid taking care of your parents, then what you do is you say, all of this right here that belongs to me, I'm donating it to God. Hmm? But in reality, you keep it. But you just don't give it to your parents. So what he's saying is the tradition was I will dedicate all of my property, all of my wealth, everything to, to, to God, uh, you know, and, 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 and give. i tell you what it would be like. It would be like this. God, when I die. I'm going to leave you a check for everything I own. You do what you want with it. That didn't go well. Y'all didn't get that, did you? This is what we do. We say, I'm going to give it to God when I'm no longer here. That's like writing God a check. Now he going to catch it. That's what basically what Corbin says. I'm going to write a check to God for everything that I would have given you. But I'm going to use it right now. And then I'll just send God a check. Uh-huh. Exodus uh, chapter 20 and 12 and Ephesians chapter six and two both say that you have to honor your father and your mother. But now. To say that you're going, you, <laughs> to say that you are going to give what you would have given to your parents to God is just hypocrisy. You know you're going to spend it. Amen. So the Bible said this. It says that uh, a hypocrite gives lip service while keeping the heart away from God. He acknowledges God and attends worship. But that's all he does. Amen. He goes to church and talks about God, yeah. but he never serves. Yeah. I'm recalling, uh, that's too new though, uh, too soon to talk about it. Ah, well, it's light, right? Yeah. It's like the ringing the bells at... <laughs> I want to do something for God, but not that. Amen. Now, 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 uh, let me go on here because I need to get up out of here. These people did not know God personally, but they knew about God. Amen. And what happens is we, we tend to study God enough that we know about God, but we just don't know the person God. Amen. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You got to know me if you want to get to know him. You won't know him unless you know me. Amen. So he goes on to say this. The problem is the authority for the teaching of most of these uh, scribes and Pharisees was human. They figured out something. They figured out something. Amen. Amen. They taught their human made rules as though they were given by God. <clears throat> so the Bible says that what Isaiah said was they worshiped in vain, of no effect. They, they, they worship God because they made the rule that allowed them to worship God in the way and the style and the manner that they wanted to worship God. Why do you think that when you come into, say, this church, the worship service is just. It's, it's off the chain, as they say, or whatever that is. <laughs> and then there's some 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 places where you go where the worship service is just kind of, oh, 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 oh. and some people love that, you know. Amen. Other people, you know, sometimes all they got is the number two choir. <laughs> That'll get you later. And <laughs> you know, nobody. <laughs> I don't want to get a number. <laughs> These are words that, the ones that had the words that, you know, they know one or two in their home. <laughs> so it's not enough to act religious. Our actions and our attitudes must be sincere. In other words, our actions and our attitudes have to line up. At some point in time, the two have got to be the same. We do what we do because we're inspired by the spirit of God to do it. So the word of God becomes a preceding word. And when the word is revealed, when it's revealed to me, then I can move in that revelation. I cannot always hold to a tradition that is not grounded in faith. Amen. The basis. Let me, I'm out of time, so let me do this. The basis of my faith is love. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. God so loved the world that he gave. This is the whole essence of, of, of salvation. There has to be a giving because of love. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2 that this salvation was not my idea. It was God's idea from the beginning. And because it was his idea, he decided that he would send someone to witness to me so that I would receive it. But there are no strings attached to it. Amen. So because there are no strings attached and this is where most people backslide because there are no strings attached. I feel like I don't have to do anything because the Bible says it's free grace. So here's the number one question that people ask. This this is it. This is it. This is the number one. We talked about all the traditions. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? And the answer is yes. Somebody said, what do you mean? Yes. I can't. I can't worship in my own house. Okay. Who are you serving at the house? Huh? So you, me and these four and no more? We just having a good time in the Lord? But we don't want none of them folk coming up in here now, because they'll just mess up the flow. Now, why do you need a church? How else am I going to show that I can fellowship, comprehend with all saints? How do I know that I can walk this word unless I'm amongst folks? And there's one other other little problem that you go. Everybody needs to be refueled. I know you think you're the ever ready bunny. But everybody has to have their battery charged occasionally. Hmm? I want to be in a position that when I sit down beside you in church, it's not one of those. I love you, but I don't like you. See, that means that I have not been able to mature in my faith, which means I have to be around some other saints, not online. But I have to be amongst saints so I can try this out. Yes. Let me see if I'm going to be mad when you say something to me. Yes. See, now, you know, a lot of people. Listen, listen, a lot of people. They enjoy weddings, but they don't care much for marriage. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, you standing there with stars in your eyes, looking, and he just grinning. But you didn't know you had to go home with him. And it's the marriage part. It's that's the church part. That's the wedding. That's come on. That's where we come into fellowship with one another. We understand that it is the love of God that compels us to what? To do the right thing for you. Now, listen, listen, listen. You can be saved all by yourself, but you've got to stay by yourself. So, so I'm out of time. That's, that's a good place to stop in. Come, sign up. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Traditions are supposed to help us to understand. God's laws better not to become laws unto themselves. You cannot make a monument out of a tradition. At some point in time, you will be challenged. Ask yourself each time you're making a decision. Is this tradition or truth? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for expanding the minds of your people. God, people need to understand who you are. And as we get to know you, God, we understand that you love us and that love causes us to respond in love. And God, we thank you for it. We thank you because we know that ritual does not have relationship, but love is a relationship. So we thank you for it. We thank you, God, for causing us to be knit together as one body with all of our strengths and weaknesses becoming one great household. We thank you and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.